Patriots prepare for a Monday night football matchup against the Chicago Bears, coming off two straight wins, and they may get Mac Jones back for that contest as well. This is the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. 38-15, Patriots win over the Browns. By far their most convincing victory of the year in all areas. Defense was solid. Offense really good as Bailey Zappi got great time and a strong po- and strong pocket protection from the offensive line and putting up his best game in his young Patriots career and spurring a bit of a controversy in regard to the quarterback position around the team, but I don't think with the team at all at this point. Mac Jones is the quarterback, and he's going to return to the lineup whenever he is healthy enough to do so. There has been discussion and really a push, it would appear, for Jones to return this week from, I think, Jones' side of things. Whether Bill Belichick is going to sign off on Jones, quarterback of the team on Monday night, remains to be seen. Bailey Zappi has been good, and that has afforded them the opportunity to allow for Jones to get healthy with that ankle because the last thing you want is for Jones to play, have somebody fall on the ankle before it is fully healed, and then have this thing pushed out further. For the health of the player, you want him to be back as close to 100% as possible. So it's being reported that Jones wants to play, but the question remains, will he play on Monday night? Patriots at 3-3 three and three on the season. The Bears are at 2-4. and four. They're coming off a really tough loss to the Washington Commanders. Let's check in, check in on where things are at for the Patriots right now. We're going to start with Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick. Morning, Bill. How are you? Uh, good. Um, Chris, sorry. Just, sorry, Chris. Uh, no problem. Um, just uh, Bailey for a second. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about whether the offense has been you know, kind of condensed and less complex for him, more run-oriented. Do you feel that the the offense has been less complex and you've, you've taken some steps to you know, make him more comfortable and allow for him to have more success? Well, we always try to do what we feel like gives us the best chance to win and, and gives our team the most success. So we'll always do that. I don't think that'll ever change no matter who's playing or who we're playing or anything else. Um, and we've we've made some had to make some uh, in-game adjustments the last several weeks based on how things have shifted either during the game or um, or the game plan that our opponents have used against us, and so that's that's also part of it as well. That that's football. So uh, it's not about any one player necessarily. It's about being able to do what you need to do as a team to you know, competitively play and win on the field. I had a question about Jim Brown as well. I was reading, you know, after you spoke last night about the fact that you had you know, visited um, some prisons with Jim Brown and had taken a real interest in you know, social justice and some of those those issues. And you know, I was interested in, you know, what led you to do that and also um, the type of figure that Jim Brown is from a historical perspective and how that weighed on you. Um. Sorry, one more time, Chris. No, just um, I had I read last night that you had visited some some prisons. I'm not right. sure it was back when you were coaching in Cleveland, but you had taken a real interest in that issue, and I was interested in how you know what Jim Brown had to say weighed on you and kind of informed you and in how you deal with players on those topics. Right. Um, yeah. So um, so my relationship with Jim started. Um, when I was the coach at Cleveland, I think it was the second year, uh, I had met Jim um, 
when I was a kid and went to the Browns training camps and, you know, our family was there um, and watched practice at Hiram uh, with Coach Brown and, and so forth. But that really didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but, yeah, Jim, Jim impacted me and in, in, uh, in my life a lot. Um, spent a lot of time with Jim and learned a ton from Jim. There's no way I could, you know, capture that in, in this short interview. That would be a, a much longer one. But, uh, you know, Jim's presence, his um, ability to uh, relate to all people, to guide people, to have leadership uh, and perspective on on so many things in life is, is really incredible. I kind of put him in a class by himself there, um, uh, as I think most other people would who know him well. Um, and he impacted us a lot uh, at Cleveland and the growth that we had. Um, obviously, that didn't end too well, you know, with the team moving in the middle of the 95 season and all that. But, you know, he, he gave us a great leadership and perspective, even in tough times. And then I've maintained a relationship with Jim. Jim and his Amer Amer can program is, is a fantastic program. I've seen it in work. I've seen it work in many different um environments uh, you mentioned prisons and and other ones not just that but you know even just on a um, on many other levels including uh we've used jim's american program here at the patriots uh, very successfully and and uh, you know with i think strong results um organizationally and for the the specific people they worked with so um anyway it's you know jim's impact uh for me and for us has you know, been very strong, but what he's done for, um, you know, really everything he's been involved with is, is pretty, pretty remarkable. He's a, a very special man and he's trained and taught so many people who have then taught, taken his work uh, out and just exponentially expanded, um, you know, all the great things that he believes in and stands for. So, it, we could go on and on here, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks for the question, Chris. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Here is tight end Hunter Henry. I want to ask you about Bailey in these first uh, two weeks here, for, or actually the first three weeks, including the uh, the Packers game. What's impressed you about you know, his ability to grow kind of on the fly and um, to have success the way he's had? Yeah, he's doing a great job, man. I mean, he he works extremely hard and comes into work every single every single day, earns respect, um, and you know that shows a lot, especially as a young guy, man. And uh, you know he's doing a great job. Excited for him, um, man. He's executing exactly how what we expect of him. And what goes into developing your relationship with the quarterback so that you have the chemistry that that you need to have? Because it feels like over the last couple of weeks, obviously you've had some of your your best games of the season in terms of targets and receptions uh i mean i think it's just putting that work in on the practice field the things that you guys don't see um you know i will show up on on sundays and so especially once a new guy comes in like that you might have to get some extra reps and uh, get some timing down get a little feel i mean that goes a long way especially in this league man it's it's a it's a fine line between um you know, a completion or not a completion, sometimes it's just a lot of feel. So um, just getting those extra reps is huge. Kyle Duggar has been so much fun to watch this year. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Good. 
There was a feeling that this defense had a chance to be, you know, pretty special this year, but did you guys kind of need to see the results over the last couple of weeks to have the confidence to know that, that this defense could meet its potential? I don't think so. I think we always, um, we always from, you know, camp knew that if we did our job and stayed disciplined, um, that we we could be, you know, we could play well as a defense. Um, we didn't really put any, you know, any ceiling, any floor, any kind of like we want to be this specifically, but we knew we did our jobs and we stayed disciplined and, and did what we were supposed to do every play that we have a chance to be good. So we're definitely still trying to tighten up things and, and be consistent. It seems like you make, you know, a lot of plays on a consistent basis in games, but obviously you have to be around the ball to, to do that, whether that's in the passing game or in the run. So what goes into making sure you are in position and that you are able to, to make a play? Um, I say just pre-snap, uh, being in the right uh, position, you know, for the defense. I think that's what it all comes down to. Uh, there's an expectation. Um, on each and every one of this, specifically my, especially myself, um, that where I'm, where I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, whether that's in the pass game or in the run game. So I have to, you know, do that for the defense and make sure that I'm holding up my end so that uh, the other guys can count on me. And do you feel you're one of the best defensive players in the NFL right now? I mean, I can't say honestly. Um, I just want to continue to get better. Honestly, that's. That's really what the main goal is, to continue to get better, and, and hopefully I'll be able to yeah, at that level. Here's Gerard Mayo. I, I think about the game that way all the time. Um, and then you don't have to worry about keeping up with trends. Either you're a football player or you're not. That's how I think about it. So whether you ask a guy like Kyle Duggar to play in the middle of the field or you ask a guy like Kyle Duggar to you know line up on the end of the line of scrimmage, either you're a football player or not. Obviously, everyone has their own uh, strengths and areas of improvement. But at the same time, like that's how you have to think about the game. In the same way, when you think about the game, the way I think about the game, I think about it in space. I don't think about it as, all right, you have the A gap, B gap, C gap, D gap, because those gaps change. But if you think about it in, in terms of space, I own this space right here. Someone comes in this space, um, then I have to take care of it. It's just a different way of thinking about the game. And I learned that, you know, from coach and other coaches that I've been around, but once you start trying to tell people, you know, this is what you are, you're putting a cap on that person, right? You are a linebacker. You're, like, you're, put, you're, you're automatically putting the idea in his head that all he can do is things that linebackers are supposed to be good at. And who is there to say, like, all right, you can't drop in the middle of the field. And that's why you start to see exotic schemes and you start to see versatile players really starting to, uh, starting to emerge. But I think more people are really buying into that idea. Hey, Gerard, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Good. I want to go back to Mike's question for a second in terms of you know, how you go about evaluating which individual is best to to fill that space, whether it's the, the ability to make plays in that space with speed or with determination, with intellect. Like, How do you go about, say, take Kyle Duggar as an example, determining that you know he is the best player where he may not have a set position? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to look at the physical attributes. You know, you wouldn't ask a guy like Miles Bryant to come fill the A-gap. I think that's that's first and foremost. Secondly, I think you have to look at the instincts of the player. And like even when you – and I remember Pepper Johnson used to always get mad at me for thinking this way, but, you know, as a, as a linebacker, I thought of myself as a running back on the defensive side of the ball. And so when I saw space start to open up, 
I could kind of predict where the running back was going. I used to play running back as well. So it probably, if you look at a lot of linebackers, like the Derrick Brooks of the world, all those guys, they all play running back at some point in time, whether we're talking rec league, high school football, uh, or college. And my thing is, is, if I can anticipate those things right through my instincts, I already have the physical attributes to get the job done. That's first and foremost. Secondly, it's, um, it's where is the space starting to create? And once color crosses my face, right, now, all of a sudden, color crosses my face. I always tell the guys, I must replace. Because now he took my gap, I have to take his gap. So when you think about it, it's an exchange of responsibilities on the fly. And it sounds complicated, but after doing it through repetition, it's kind of second nature. How special is Duggar, in your view, in the ability to do what you're describing in uh, anticipation and filling the gap when it comes to the run, but also seeing him drop back in, in pass coverage and seemingly anticipate that as well is that does he have a unique ability in that regard and do you see the game moving towards players like him uh in different differing spots uh, filling that space yeah anytime you have a guy who has good size and is fast and is smart you always want him on the field and i would say duggar kind of fills all of those roles um he's a guy that's a problem on the outside if you want a receiver to block him it's a problem and then it's also a problem on the inside because if you want a lineman to block him, he has the quickness to get around that person. And then when you talk about coverage, we talk about zone coverage. He has the speed to fill to fill the uh, space in the zone coverage, and he also has the ability as saw as you saw last week to cover man to man. So uh, he's definitely a special player. Kyle was talking yesterday about his interception and mentioned the Dietrich Wise, the job he did in flushing out. Uh, Jacoby on that play and it seems that Wise has been getting the quarterback a lot obviously this year what has that meant and um, you know having him and Judon what's the dynamic of how those two kind of play off of each other yeah they both uh, bring a very unique uh, set of skills you know you look at Judon a, a very athletic you know can bend the corner very well then you look at a guy like Wise and if you were just to look at Wise just his body you would just be like you know there's no way this guy can can rush the passer. But when you talk about a guy who works at his craft each and every day, uh, doesn't take a period off, even on those special teams periods where, you know, some of the linemen are just chilling around like Wise is getting one-on-one drills and, you know, really sharpening the sword every opportunity that he gets. And I'm just – I'm proud to see, you know, the things that he's done so far and look forward to seeing that continue uh, as we go forward. But definitely a leader on this team and – you know, he's already surpassed his, uh, you know, I think he, he matched his last year's sack total, and uh, hopefully that continues to go. I had a question about the secondary as well, where it seems that a lot of guys will have success in New England and perhaps not have the same type of success when they go other places. Meanwhile, you'll bring in undrafted guys or guys are overlooked in the draft and they have a lot of success. Why do you think that is? Uh, what about the system or about the coaching staff allows for certain guys to have success here? And Maybe they go somewhere else and they don't experience the same success. This must be a JC reference. <laughs> you, I went around it without mentioning it, but you went, you, you figured it out. You know, what, I, what I will say is, you know, one thing, even when I was uh, coming out of college that was different about this place, uh, before I even met the coaches, was just the parking lot. And when I, I, when I say that, you know, I went to the parking lot of other teams and you know, you see the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis and and all that stuff. And then you come to Foxborough and you see the work trucks, you see the the family vans. So there's really not much to do here but play football. And so when guys come here, uh, it's kind of, you know, fully merging into the system, fully merging into football. Uh, and you really you really gain a passion for playing football. And I would also say then, you know, to work your way to the coaches, it starts obviously with Bill. 
you know, his expectations are oftentimes, you know, higher than your own expectations as a player. And that's not only on game day, but also on a down, a day after day basis, a down after down basis in practice. And then obviously in the game. And then I would say that trickles down to the position coaches, you know, reiterating the vision or the North Star that coach has already set uh, for the team. So I'm not sure what other teams do because this is the only place that I've been in, in, in the pros. So I can only speak uh, for what we do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. So, again, there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not there is a quarterback controversy with the Patriots. That would appear to be completely external at this point in time, as evidenced by this conversation with Patriots quarterback coach Joe Judge. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Chris? Um, wanted to ask you about Bailey as well and kind of the the why factor in terms of the success he's had. Why do you feel that he's been able to you know, seemingly grow into the role of a a, a good um, starting quarterback from where he was previous and also you know, where he kind of started in the Green Bay game? Yeah, look, I'd say with all the players on our team, everyone in this building, the emphasis on, is improving on a daily basis, improving week by week, you know, and that's no different for any position. You know, for rookies in this league, there's a lot of things they haven't been exposed to that as they learn, as they grow, you know, strides may look, you know, a little bigger. And then over time, you know, you really kind of see the experience set in. But, you know, with all of our guys, you know, our job is preparing to get better every day, get them better every week and prepare for the opponent. You know, Bailey's done a good job coming in and working and preparing. And that's what we ask him to do is come to work every day and compete as hard as he can. You know, Max done a great job really working every day to get back, you know, staying mentally and physically engaged, making a lot of progress at practice for us. So, you know, that whole room of quarterbacks and everyone else on the roster, these guys are really doing a good job right now sticking together as a team, you know, and making strides going forward. How would you describe the dynamic between, you know, the two of them, particularly, you know, as fans are starting to, you know, say one thing or or there's continues to be kind of a, you know, a talk behind the scenes. Like, well, how does that dynamic exist? And do you feel the need to, you know, say anything as, as a coach when it comes to, um, you know, external noise? You know, Max a captain on this team. You know, and he leads all the players. These guys were elected by their teammates for a reason, and that's for their leadership and to be, you know, a vocal piece, talking directly to the head coach and sharing the beat of the team. And Max done a great job, you know, throughout the entire season, going back to spring when Zappy got here, as far as working with his teammates, working together, competing with them, but then also helping elevate each other's games. And he's done a really good job of demonstrating how to work, you know, how to prepare and how to compete on a daily basis for really all of our players on our roster to see as an example. Thanks, Joe. Brian. Also talked with Patriots special teams captain, Matthew Slater. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm well, Chris. How are you? I am also well. Um, obviously, rookies have made a huge, significant contribution uh, to the team this year. And I'm interested in what goes into making sure that they're in a good enough place so that when they're called upon, like Bailey obviously has been, um, that they're ready and have the tools to uh, try to have success and also minimize uh, mistakes. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I tip my hat to this rookie class and the way that they've uh, prepared themselves, the way they've gone out and competed and the way that they've tried to work to get better every day. Um, You know, when you have a coach like coach Belichick, every player in the building, whether young or old is going to be held to the same standard. And he coaches us very hard. Uh, but not just that, he coaches us um, in a way that, you know, hopefully we improve. And I think especially when you're talking about rookies, that's so critical, you know, the ability for coaches to develop talent, um, to improve talent, to instill confidence in them, and then to have them execute on game day. So 
you know, a lot of kudos to Coach Belichick and his staff, certainly for the job that they've done with these young guys. You know, kudos to our veteran leadership for holding these guys accountable, for showing these guys how to be professionals. You know, guys like Devin, guys like D-Wise, guys like Ben, um, uh, Brother Mills. I mean, John Jones, the list goes on. Uh, Cody Davis, guys who have been intentional about developing and pouring into our rookies and, and sharing the knowledge that they have. And then lastly, I mean, tip the hat to the rookies. They're the ones that are going out there and executing. Uh, no one can play the game for them. They have to do it for themselves. And so far, they're doing a great job of it. Thanks, appreciate it. No problem. More on the special team side right now. One of the interesting moments from the game this past Sunday was when Brendan Schooler recovered a muff, uh, muff punt. He was amped and went to present the ball to Bill Belichick. Belichick basically shoved the ball aside. Cam Acord, the special teams coach, came out of nowhere, kind of ushered Schooler away, took the ball, and uh, was a part of what was a viral moment in social media. Here's Cam Acord. Hey, Cam, how are you? Good, Chris. How are we doing today? Good. I had a, a question for you um, about your role in a viral moment, uh, which occurred in the game on Sunday, where um, you kind of intervened as uh, Brendan Schooler was going to give the ball to Bill Belichick, and I was interested in kind of what you were thinking in that moment, and um, you know, Brendan, uh, obviously his play overall as well, and the impact that he's had. Yeah, you know, um, South Schools obviously in that moment, you know, and I uh, didn't really kind of understand at the moment what he was trying to do. I think he was so excited he didn't know what to do with the football. Um, so, you know, I told him afterward, hey, look, anytime you want to give something a gesture like that, we can wait till the end of the game. Um, and then I told him, I said, hey, look. You know, we're, you're not, we're not handing you the football or throwing it to you right now. I said, so anytime you end up with a football, it's going to be a great play, a great situation. He's obviously uh, recovered two muffs, um, which has been great. So I told him, hey, you can bring it to me. You know, if you get the football, you just bring it to me. I know what to do with it. Uh, just come over, bring it to me as much as you get it. So um, it's been a good little, you know, joking thing of it because, you know, it was an exciting play um, for us as a team. It was a huge play in the game. And schools does a great job. And he was so excited, obviously, which is what we want. We want the enthusiasm. We want the excitement. We want to make those explosive plays in the kicking game. So we want to continue that more forward. And then, you know, I told him, all right, that was a great one. Now we got to go make another one. So, you know, we got to move on to the next one, you know, um, as they, so to speak. But, you know, that was kind of my interaction with him. Like, hey, let, we'll wait till the end of the game and those type of things. But, you know, we're definitely excited. He's doing a good job for us. He's taking the roles. And, you know, you never want to take the excitement out of the game and the big play moments. So, um, it was definitely, uh, I know some people definitely text me or show me those pictures and stuff like that. I'm like, look, it's in the game. It's in the moment. I'm just thinking, hey, on to the next play. Uh, wait till after the game. So, but definitely uh, exciting to watch that play. Thanks, Kip. Thanks, Chris. Patriots, Bears, Monday night football down in Foxborough. Patriots looking to improve to four and three on the season. Next week, it's a contest in New Jersey against the Jets, who of course have been surprising this year, ahead of the Patriots in standings at 4-2. and two. Take a look now at the Bruins and the Celtics. Their season's underway. Bruins have been really good to start the year. They play today here on Saturday at home. They've jumped out to a 4-1 and one start to the regular season. Celtics played in Miami last night after a very impressive opening night win against the Sixers on their home floor inside the TD Garden, a night in which the Celtics honored Bill Russell's legacy. Russell, of course, passed away over the summer and is one of the more integral sports historic figures that there is. 
and honored him in a way that I thought was very poignant and also appropriate with uh, Jalen Brown uh, giving some very uh, sincere remarks in regard to uh, Bill Russell and also several other pregame activities as well. I am Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass.